Hello, everybody. 2020 election edition of Pod BN continues with the third Bloomington mayoral candidate, Boca Malambe. Really glad we were able to get him on the show so you can hear from all three of the candidates as you make your choice. Early voting is starting on March 12th. Election day is April 6th, so get out there and cast your vote. Before we do that, I want to thank Little Beaver Brewery. And uh, stay tuned after the uh, after the closing of this podcast for a little extra. Um, we went, kind of went down a rabbit hole of uh, talking about cities in Belgium and French fry toppings and, uh, and uh, one of my favorite scenes from Pulp Fiction. So since we brought up Pulp Fiction, I decided I wanted to see if Samuel L. Jackson had anything to say about Little Beaver Brewery. So I've talked about the Little Beaver Burger already delicious burger but let's see what sam has to say about it <clears throat> this is a tasty burger that's right it is a delicious delicious tasty burger i'm glad you agree with me you mind if i have some of your tasty beverage to wash this down sure thing sam you should check out the beer list and pick out one of the many offerings of little beaver brewery that you can Sorry, that was too much fun. Uh, <laughs> and now, Mboka Malambwe, candidate for Bloomington mayor. Okay, hello Mboka, welcome to PodBN. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, really appreciate you making the time to come on between being on council and running for mayor um, and having a job and a family. You right. got to be a really busy guy, so... Um, <laughs> Very busy, overly busy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so kind of tell us, uh, tell us for people who don't know you, tell a little bit about yourself, and then, um, of course, why are you, why are you wanting to run for mayor? Why is that got interested you? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> as much as you like. We're laid back here. <laughs> All right. So, I, you know, I always like to to tell people uh, about my background and, and upbringing a little bit so they get a better sense of who I am. I mean, uh, although I have been uh, on the council for 10 years, I've been in the community for a very long time. You know, there's always little things that people find out about me and say, oh, I had no idea that you were, you know, you did this or, you know, you, you grew up in this place and that kind of thing. So I was born in the Congo. <laughs> Uh, 50 years ago, <laughs> I, I know I, I, some people say I don't look 50, uh, but you know, others would say, well, he's kind of immature. That's why, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so I was born there and, uh, you know, seven years later, uh, we, uh, my dad was, um, uh, got a job with UNICEF, a UN agency, uh, that focuses on, uh, you know, children and, and mothers. And so we moved to um, the Ivory Coast for six years. And then uh, the next uh, and then five years uh, after that, we so six years, you know, and then you know, the, the next five years we're in uh, in Senegal, uh, another country in, in West Africa. Um, and, and then uh, I, I moved back. We moved back to the other Congo, the Congo across the river. Uh, so for, for those that don't know, the Congo where I was born is the Congo of the rumble in the jungle, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. Okay. But across the river, 
there is another Congo, uh, which, you know, for uh, your uh, geography, a uh, little tidbit tonight is, you know, those are the two closest capitals in the world, actually. So they're just, you know, across the river from one another. Uh, so uh, I stayed there for a year. My parents, you know, continued to stay because it was time for me to come uh, to, uh, um, to to study, you know, for higher education. And I chose to come to the U.S. because I had always been fascinated by American culture. You know, I, I, I kind of grew up in, in the era of Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, and, and all those other cultural icons, you know, in the 80s. And, and I was fascinated with the culture fascinated with the language you know and 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 also at the time i remember in 84 uh jesse jackson was running for president so you know when those images you know are beamed i still remember some of the images of him in chicago campaigning and everything so when they're beamed across the world i mean you're viewing it in a totally different way you know and and so for, for us it was like wow there's an african-american man who's running for president in the u.s so that was kind of fascinating to to, mm -hmm. to watch so we, you know we started thinking gosh it's a, it's an amazing country you know i and i and i thought you know being fascinated with the language you know i i thought you know this is uh, this is the place where I, i'd like to go and study most of the folks in in our um area you know in because i i was we're in French, you know, Francophone countries tended to go to France or Belgium for higher education. But for, for me and my, my brothers, we decided we're going to the U.S. because this is a place where we want to be. So, so fast forward to 89, I, I came here, stayed in, uh, lived in New York for about seven or eight months, you know, because I, I, I thought, well, you know, it's a good opportunity for me to kind of perfect my English, you know, because I'm going to go and, and, you know, study in a, in, in a language that's not my first yeah. language. And they talk fast there too. So you got to learn they, what to they do. They do. They do. The <laughs> accent is different. So, the, and there are a number of things, you know, what I, I grew up learning um, British English, you know, so I, I started learning it from the time that I was nine or 10. Uh, and so coming to, to America, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> was, uh, was kind of an interesting experience because when we, um, when I would go and talk to people, people would say to me things like, hey, what's up? You know, and, I, and I'm looking up in the sky. I was like, what is <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? You know, so those are some of the, the Americans, uh, American, uh, you know, ways of, of speaking that I, I wasn't quite used to. And I needed to get used to that. So I, I spent a lot of time in New York actually watching TV, uh, you know, going to, to stores and on my own, you know, and that's really how I, you know, I mean, at the time, you know, Arsenio Hall was really big. I, I watched that a lot. I, I watched the New York Knicks basketball game, the, the, the Price is Right, you know, all of those things really kind of helped me understand a little bit more about American culture and gather more vocabulary and things like that. Then, so in, in 1990, then I decided to come to, uh, to ISU for college. Uh, because my, my brother was already here. He was going to school at Western. And that's the reason a lot of people ask me, how did you pick Illinois? Mm -hmm. That's why. Because my brother wanted to study agriculture. And at the time, he thought about studying in New York, uh, like up in, uh, you know, upstate New York, you know, Albany and all those areas. But it was, it was too expensive. So he chose the next best thing, which was Illinois for him, you know, because he knew it's, a, it's an agricultural state and... 
and he can uh, he can do fairly well there. So then he he transferred to ISU for his master's degree. So then I decided I, I came here. I visited uh, Bloomington Normal, and then I visited Macomb. Uh, and then, and no offense to Macomb, but I, I, I thought, you know, Macomb was too small. <laughs> New York was too big. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Bloomington Normal was kind of like the right, you know, the, the, the right middle ground, you know, for me to, uh, to, to be. And, and I just kind of fell in love with the community. It, it looked kind of nice and neat. You know, the streets were nice. Uh, and then people were... The, the, I think the, the Midwest is, is, is very similar to African countries because of how, um, you know, just the pace of life, you know, mm. it's a little faster than African countries, but it's still, the, it, it's kind of a reasonable pace, you know, where it's not too, too fast, too pushy, like in a, in a bigger city, uh, but yet not too slow either. Mm. So, um, so then I, um, in, so went to school at ISU, uh, bachelor's in math, undergrad, um, and then a graduate degree in education. Uh, I also met my wife then, uh, Stacy. Um, she is a director of housing at ISU, um, and we, um, you know, we decided. You know, we we got married. Uh, we 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 moved to Boston. We we're in Boston for about seven or eight months. Um, and that was actually before we were married, but we, we lived separately. <laughs> uh, and we, uh, but while we were in Boston, we, we came back uh, to, uh, to, to Wisconsin where her, fam- her family was and we got married there. And then we went back, you know, in January to Boston as a married couple. Uh, and then we decided, you know, while in Boston, we thought, well, it's just too, it's just too expensive. It's just not a place where both of us could prosper as uh, professionals and we kind of wanted both of our careers to move in the same direction. So we decided to come back to Bloomington, uh, normal. Uh, both started at working at ISU uh, around the same time. Uh, I mean, within a couple of months of, of each other. And we decided to, to start a family, um, four kids, um, you know, who now one is a nurse in Tennessee going for a doctorate. Another one is at U of I. Another one is about to go uh, to school at ISU. And then I also have a 13-year-old uh, who uh, who's a, a big soccer uh, fan and, and loves to play soccer. And so, so then, um, you know, so been here ever since. In 2011, I was appointed uh, as an alderman uh, by Mayor Stockton. Uh, then elected in 2013 um, and re-elected in 2017. Um, and in 2019, um, I was um, elected as my uh, as a mayor pro tem by my uh, my peers uh, on on the council. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so then I, what? Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was going to say. So then, what makes you want to run for uh, for mayor? I mean, you got a lot on your plate. Yeah. What, what not? Why now? Yeah, uh, now because I I actually you know to be honest I I wasn't you know anytime you you come close to 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 an election re-election you start to think about it right you start to to kind of evaluate whether or not you're you're going to do it. <laughs> 
Um, and I, I started getting um, uh, very concerned um, uh, at one point, because for one, uh, myself, you know, after 10 years, I, I really thought about, well, should I do it again? Or should I give someone else an opportunity to contribute their talents to the city? Because I don't feel like I, the, the, the seat is, it should be mine forever to hold <laughs> and to pass on to my kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so I, I thought, well, you know, I really need to think about this seriously. And, and then I, at some point I, I started getting concerned, you know, when we started getting a little more, uh, you know, social unrest. Uh, in the nation, but but also seeing some of that social unrest, you know, make its way, uh, you know, locally, um, and 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 to add to that, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic, um, and 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 you know, and as you as you could see, you know, even the events in D.C. in January, uh, really, all those things really made me concerned that I, I thought, you know, we're a little bit too we're very polarized as a nation, as a community. Uh, and, and I had a number of folks talk to me and, and said, you know, we, we definitely um, think that you, you have what it takes to, to, to be mayor. You, you, we, we need someone uh, like you uh, to, to, to be mayor because my, my general approach to things is to be very collaborative uh, and, and very, um, um, uh, how would you say, uh, you know, I, I think I, I, I like to hear um, a lot of, you know, I mean, uh, what people have to say uh, before I make decisions, because that's, those are the things that I've done most of my life, actually. And, and, and I, I know I kind of brushed over that uh, when I was talking about my background, but the, the jobs that I've done at ISU, have been all about that. So I did student conduct for for a while, which meant you know dealing with students, meeting with them, listening to them, uh, listening to their version of the of of, a, of an issue of the story, uh, and and oftentimes that culminated in in uh, hearing panels. So where you kind of have to sit down and and listen to. You know the complainant, the respondent, the witnesses, and and everybody, uh, and also the panel members before you can make a decision. So a lot of evaluation of information, mm-hmm. and so I, I I thought this this is you know um, a lot of folks told me this is the kind of thing that you um, you can bring uh, to the table uh, a lot more listening and and being more deliberative in, in the way we. We make decisions yeah. in, my, in the current job that I'm in right now. It, it's kind of a similar thing because I, I work in the office that handles uh, investigations and of uh, harassment and discrimination. So it's a lot of listening. <laughs> sure. Huh. Well, I'm really glad that we had the time for you to go through all that background. Um, you are uh, different countries, but our backgrounds are actually quite similar. I moved all over Europe for my parents uh, work and Ooh. Came here when I was 18 to go to ISU, and uh, and uh, I was also on the when I was at ISU, I was also on that that panel. Um, oh, really? What yeah. year? Wow, that's amazing! Small world. <laughs> yeah, I think I would have been in 2005, somewhere around there. 2005. So yeah. Okay. Wow. So 2005. Okay. So I had just left that office, the student conduct office. Okay. 
because I, I left it, uh, if I remember, in 2004. Okay. Well, 15, yeah. we just barely missed each other there. So Yeah, yeah. So um, you work with people that I know, actually. Yeah. Out of that office. Yeah, it was, um, it was so, it, it just opened your eyes. I don't know if you had this experience, but what I remember is it opened my eyes to like in the TV shows, uh-huh. it's always very obvious at the end who is guilty, right? Or, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the evidence eventually came out and they made the decision. Right. <laughs> but every case you, every case I did, I was always left with this feeling like, like, mm, like, I think that was the right thing. Right. But that was hard. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, I imagine a lot of your experiences on council are, are the same way, like tough votes for you got to, you either have to say yes or no. Right. And, yes. um, in the uh, end, yeah. I mean, do, do any examples come to mind for you in your, in your 10 years where you really wrestled with the decision and, um, you know, in, in retrospect, how did, how did it turn out for you? Yeah. I, you know, I think it, it, it worked out fine. Um, but I, I'll tell you one thing that I, I say, you know, I, I've learned a lot about on, on the council, you know, and I, and I know I, I mentioned this on Tuesday uh, at the debate is that I would often get, you know, when there's a decision that's, you know, that's coming up, you know, folks would email you and say, how are you going to vote? Tell me how you're going to vote. You know, mm-hmm. what do you think? Well, and what I learned is that I, I can't tell you that until that very day, uh, because what I found is that even the the a minute before you know you have to make that decision, there might be some information that comes up that you might not have considered. You know, mm-hmm. something else just uh, you know pops up and, and you, 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 it just gives you pause. You're like, oh, wow, that's interesting. You know, I've heard people say things during public comment that made me change my mind. <laughs> Do you have an example that comes to mind when that happened? Uh, well, you know, I'm trying to think here. So I, I do remember there was a point in time where we 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 had to to um, to decide on, on a vote about about a a, a park or, or or something like that, and and someone uh, you know said something at, at public comment that um, made me you know uh, reconsider that because I was really wasn't sure. Uh, which way I, I was going to go, you know, and, and then it, it turns out that, you know, not all the information we had uh, at the time was, uh, was accurate. So, mm-hmm. so that, okay. uh, it was a great, uh, you know, lots of great learning experiences being uh, on the council and you're right after you, you know, you make some, some decisions, you know, you, yeah, you go home, you know, you, you kind of wrestle with that too, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you know, a couple of days later, he's like, okay, now I think I'm at peace with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm pretty good friends with Kelly Matthew, Jamie Matthew's wife. Yeah. And she said she likes to look at the, uh, she, judging by how, how long the meeting goes, she has to figure out how much, uh, how many like baked goods to prepare for Jamie so you can <laughs> calm down afterwards. So. <laughs> Did she say baked goods? Baked goods, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is one of her specialties. She's yeah. very good at that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we he he probably doesn't get as many then because I do remember my first few years on the council, 
there were times where I came home at 10 o'clock at night, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and when uh, the current city manager Gleason joined, he, he made a few changes in, in terms of how we operate, uh, which were really good. And so we, we started, I mean, I remember one night I came home, uh, you know, we started meeting at six. I came home at 7.15 and the kids looked at me like, yeah, what happened? Was the meeting canceled? <laughs> <laughs> that is nice. Make the best use of your time. Yeah, right? I was like, no, it wasn't canceled. We just finished early, you know? Yeah. They weren't used to that at all, you know? Yeah. So the Monday nights, I nope. never, you know, came home until they, they were in bed already, so. Yeah. Well, well speaking of uh, uh, meetings and, and stuff, um, you know, if you're elected mayor, then you'll have some ability to set the agenda. Uh, as to where we're going. So um, tell us what, you know, if you have the power, what's the first agenda item? What's the first meeting going to look like? What, what issues will we be covering if uh, you're elected mayor? Oh, I, I, I couldn't tell you that necessarily, you know, what, what particular issue is going to be there, you know, on that very day. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be something fairly uh, routine, <laughs> Uh, that we that we take care of, you know, uh, because a, a lot of the work that the city does is, is fairly routine. You know, there's lots of stuff that comes through. Uh, you know, I know Tyson's on the planning commission, so there might be a planning thing that 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 shows up as a zoning issue. Uh, you know, something with streets and 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 something from public works and and, and things like that. So, I, I I'm not somebody who who. Um, who's really looking to revolutionize things, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I tend to be, um, you know, uh, if it's not broke, let's not fix, you know, there's no need to fix it. Uh, and, and I, and I would generally, I, I like to take stock of, you know, what is going on, you know, get a feel for, for things. And I know I, I've been there for a while, but, you know, I'm going to be in the, in the, in the, in the mayor's seat. So, uh, there's, there's a, I don't see a need to, to, to really, uh, you know, shuffle the deck or, or change things dramatically to, to start with, you know, mm-hmm. because, but, you know, although I've been there for a while, but I'm going to see things from a different vantage point. So I always think it's important to kind of take a look at that first <laughs> and, and, and get a feel for how things are working. And, and then, uh, you know, you can, yeah, I have a few things on, on my mind, you know, but, I, 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 there are things that I, I have to see how things go first. Is there any, would you be willing to share any of those things that are on your mind? Just examples. And I, I think maybe, I think you might've interpreted Jeremy's question too, literally kind of, it's a way of asking like, what's your priority, right? Um, oh, okay. if, if you're, if you're working with Tim Gleason, the city manager to yeah. try to set some priorities, um, you know, what would you yeah, like exactly. to try to influence bubbling up to the top? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, so that's, that's kind of part of my agenda, you know, infrastructure and, 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 and facilities, because uh, I, I, I have heard, you know, I mean, having been here for, I mean, in this, you know, as an alderman for, for 10 years, I, I know people talk about streets a lot. <laughs> What about my street? What about my street? So I, I, I definitely uh, want us to have, uh, uh, you know, and I know some of those things get planned ahead of time. So you're you're not going to come in mid-year, you know, through the budget and, and, and say, oh, well, you know, let's change this and let's put $10 million into streets right now. <laughs> uh, but, 
you know, that that's going to be something that will that will have my my close attention. Mm-hmm. Um, a, another thing um, that I would say, of course, you know, growing the economy, everybody talks about that. That's something that's always been on, on the city strategic plan. Uh, and, and I know we, we have lots of capable people to take care of these things, you know. Uh, but um, one thing that I, I think um, where uh, I will have some um, um, definitely, because it's not something that is necessarily done, is in terms of building community. Uh, I know we, 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 we do it in, in many different ways, but there, there is a specific way that I want to do that. I, I started uh, this summer, I, uh, I introduced a... Um, um, I shouldn't say I introduced because I'm, I'm going to, to make some people upset. <laughs> there, there are, you know, uh, so I were to institutionalize Juneteenth. Okay. Uh, and, and I know there are people in the community who had been working on it, doing lots of great work with it. But what I wanted to do is to institutionalize it at the city level so that every year, it is celebrated every year. The city participates in it, and we don't have um, the um, we don't run the risk of you know uh, the idea falling by the wayside because you know the volunteers that used to do it moved out of town. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was my idea behind institutionalizing it. So it's going to be a great partnership with a number of different people. But I want to use that as a springboard then to 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 now create other celebrations in the city so we can all celebrate each other. You know, uh, if somebody wants to do something with, uh, you know, St. Patrick's Day, Irish culture, let's do that. Somebody wants to do uh, something with, you know, LGBT, let's do that. Somebody wants to do something with, um, you know, Oktoberfest, let's also do it, you know, because I, I, I really think, you know, as, as much, you know, people might think those things are, are very simple. Um, yes, it's, it's actually pretty simple, but it, it the 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 impact to me is 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 incredible and it, it's immeasurable because once people start to get to know each other within the community celebrate each other it, it makes for a much stronger community so those are um, that is that's something that I, I've done that at ISU um, you know I, I know Tyson you're at ISU you you might remember cultural dinners mm-hmm. uh, so I was the one who was you know um, at least in from 2008 to 2014 so i, I did those so I, I want to replicate something kind of similar but on, on a much larger scale you know so that we can celebrate each other have fun i've been in you know i've been to places like chicago toronto new york where people kind of celebrate the uniqueness of all their cultures and man it, it's a lot of fun you know I, I was in toronto in uh summer of 2019 boy with my family and you know the kids i mean they they had a great time i was like gosh this is a great city because mm-hmm. there were lots of little celebrations lots of unique you know neighborhoods and things like that 
And I think that is going to go towards uh, kind of unifying us a little bit more as a community. Yeah, that's um, that's an interesting point. Um, and I think people who haven't been to Bloomington before, and I include normal too, Bloomington normal before, yeah. I think they don't they don't um, appreciate the diversity we have. You say, oh, it's just some what you live in some city in the middle of Illinois, you know, Um, but it's one of the reasons I chose to stay here was the diversity of the population. And, um, you know, it's not the most diverse place in the world by any means, but it's, it's got its pockets and it's, um, it's people. And to celebrate that, that sounds like a, uh, I don't know. I I haven't heard that expressed in that way before. It's a interesting idea. And there's a lot, you know, and every, every year, you know, there's a lot more people coming through from, from different places. And and Mm -hmm. I think that just, uh, it's just the stuff I, I, I love. I mean, we, you know, when I when I came here in 1990, there really wasn't a whole lot in terms of that diversity. I mean, there was just a couple people here and there, you know. So to give you an example, uh, my my brother and I and and a number of our friends we used to drive to Chicago to go buy ethnic food, <laughs> you know, and don't have yeah. to do that anymore. You know, because there's, uh, you know, there's an African store, you know, there is a, a couple of uh, Indian stores, uh, Southeast Asia, uh, India. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and that, I think, is, uh, is fantastic. You know, the different restaurants and things like, you know, I mean, that's that's our local sport, right? Eating out at restaurants. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I want to get even more, more of those, you know, I think it, it just makes life fun. I mean, you, you got to. Yeah, to enjoy the lighter side of life, you know. So that's a way to bring people together. You talked about a lot of the social unrest, the divisions people have now. Right. Um, that's a way to bring together. Is it? Is it that kind of things? More the, I don't know. I guess like the the softer, the cultural celebrations. Is there any policy that you have in mind um, that you like to see to try to help with that? Uh, you know. No, not not necessarily. You know, we we'd have to. I'm one one person who, uh, because I, I think you know those kinds of uh, cultural celebrations. I, I think they're they're easier to do. They're they're easier for people to uh, to digest. You know, and 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 enjoy. When you start to talk about policy, I, I think it's it's a it's a it's a much broader conversation. Uh, and I think I, I'm somebody who who strongly believes in buy-in. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, and then that's something that I've learned is that you know if you if you come in with you know really uh, with set ideas and try to impose them on people, boy, best of luck to you. <laughs> yeah, you know? I think you know kind of what I was gesturing at the the welcoming ordinance, of course, is yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. kind of been going on and, and mm-hmm. you know fits and starts over the last couple of years, and yeah. you've expressed opposition to that, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting. You being an immigrant and having that perspective, and yeah. um, I don't know. I wonder if that how that you know kind of makes you feel to to it's your their um the rhetoric of it and the, the idea around it is to protect people mm-hmm. like you right but you don't yeah, see the yeah uh, how to um can you kind of connect those dots a little bit or share your thoughts on that tension yeah yeah i mean that's something that that yeah it does create a bit of tension you know uh but you know what i i i, I try to look at is really uh you know i i like people to have especially around issues like that, 
uh, that are pretty, uh, you know, that can bring a lot of passion out of people on, on either side. Um, I, I think those are issues that, that should be um, where we should engage people a little bit more, you know, as opposed to putting something in front of us as aldermen and then say, okay, go on, vote now. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I do think that is one part about the, the, the process sometimes, especially in, in, in this last iteration where I, I think, um, you know, it, it, it's a little bit flawed in, in terms of, you know, putting forth a council initiative and asking aldermen to to vote on yay or nay if they want that to come as a subject of discussion, you know, because then you know if you look in that process, it was um, we were given three minutes, you know, divided by nine aldermen, <laughs> <laughs> and okay, say your piece now. Do you want it? Do you not? <laughs> well, I'm just like. Of course, I'm going to say no, because one, a lot of those things that were there are things that, you know, I asked other aldermen as well. And they're like, I'm not sure I understand. What is this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this? Didn't have that buy-in you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have the background, don't have the buy-in. Uh, and and, and, and some, sometimes it's technical terms. You know, uh, you're talking, oh, well, U visa, uh, Section 287G, you know. So then think about the public as well. You know, what is the public thinking? I'm, I'm sure most of the public doesn't understand that either, you know. So, so my, my point has always been that it's, it's uh, the, the, the topic of immigration and many of these things is, is very complex, and, and if you really, to me, if you want to make really good policy, you're better off having a really good conversation about that and bringing all the experts, you know, to the fore so that they can, they can decide. And, and, and to also have the public be engaged <laughs> to, so that you know because that's what really gives you the the buy-in and and also the long-term sustainable policy is that the public is backing all of their aldermen (laughs) and saying yeah i get it i understand it i i really want you to do this you know Mm -hmm. kind of thing but but if you see this much division it is because i think there is you know misunderstanding in, in some quarters uh, and, and, and feeling that it's being too rushed and things like that. So I'm happy at least now we're, you know, we're slowing that down and then there's going to be a much larger conversation, I think, which is a, a much better process for, for people to kind of get their, their, their handle on all of it. Mm-hmm. So in Boca, if, if I'm hearing you right, and correct me if I'm not, but if I'm hearing you right, it, it sounds like you're not against a welcoming ordinance or some of the concepts behind it. You are against this version or kind of the rushed process more. Well, um, and, and you want to have that conversation be a, a deeper conversation. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not prepared to, to say one way or another. I, I think what I am for is 
really fleshing everything out and understanding what, uh, what, what, what exactly, where would this take us as a community? You know, so to, to me, that's kind of where, where I am. I, I want to, I want to hear more, tell me more so I can, um, you know, uh, so I can understand, you know, what exactly we're, we're, we're trying to do here. Okay. Well, it probably doesn't feel like it, but we're, we're over halfway uh, through, oh, wow. through this. <laughs> so like we said, it goes <laughs> quick. So, <laughs> yep. Um, so we, we always like to do kind of a lightning round to break, break this up, break up the seriousness a little bit. Uh, just yeah. looking for first thing that pops to your mind, you know, two to three words on a bunch of issues and we can get into these later if we want, if we have time. Um, but the first one is, uh, tell me what, what comes to your mind when I say downtown Bloomington. Um, revitalizing, improving. Okay. Connect Transit. Uh, Transfer Center is in. <laughs> okay. Uh, O'Neill Pool. O'Neill Pool. Great for the west side of Bloomington. Okay. Uh, Bloomington Public Library. Beautiful design. Flexible. Um, okay. I, I love it. Three words on all these. It's perfect. Uh, <laughs> next one is uh, Urban Sprawl. Not in Bloomington. <laughs> Okay. Next one is economic development. A must. Always. And the uh, final one is town of normal. I don't know why I'm blanking. Sister city. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yes. Well, well I, I appreciate being under three words, followed it to the T. That, that's great. That, that's uh, me. I'm a, I'm a rule follower. Remember? I did student conduct. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I want to uh, want to change to a subject that uh, involves something a little bit bigger, a little bit more uh, focused in the last year and a half here, and being COVID, um, mm-hmm. specifically uh, the the city's kind of response to COVID. Uh, curious on your opinion. We've heard a lot of views on what was done right, what was done wrong, and then also views of what we should be doing in the future or doing better. Where where do you come down on, you know, what did we, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? Where do we need, need to make improvements? Kind of give us your thoughts around that. Yeah. Well, first, I, I want to say, you know, Jeremy, I'm the kind of person who doesn't like to pass judgment on people too much, right? Uh, because I, I, I do think... We, we, you know, you have to understand the, the magnitude of what, you know, we're dealing with, you know. So I think we, we have to show grace to uh, a lot of the folks who have been dealing with that uh, because I, I've seen it everywhere. I've seen it on campus at ISU. I mean, I, I've seen it with, with, the, with the city. I mean, this is something that was, uh, it's unprecedented. People didn't really know what was coming. Of course, in hindsight, you can look and say, oh, well, we could have done this. We could have done that, you know. Uh, but I, I, I do think we, we definitely have to, uh, to, to show grace for, for those folks who have been handled because they've, they've handled it, you know, in the best way that they know how. I mean, this is something that we, we've never seen before, a pandemic like this, at least in our generation. <laughs> you know, we haven't seen anything like that. Um, so I, I do think, you know, knowing what we know now, uh, what, what I, you know, I would like to see, I mean, from, from my perspective, what I've seen is that the, the toughest part of it was uh, definitely uh, the last couple of months. <laughs> uh, 
uh, you know, because this being the winter um, and, and people being forced to be inside and things like that, you know, I, what I would like to see uh, for, for us in, in, in the future maybe is to, uh, to start planning uh, right now <laughs> uh, to, to, to think about, you know, what is next winter going to look like? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we, um, we, when we look at um, the, the fact that, yes, we, we, we're getting more vaccines, more people are getting vaccinated and, and you know, the, the numbers are going down. Uh, but, you know, we also have this, this slight little worry about different variants and, and things like that, you know. So I, I think we, we, we kind of have to, to have a, some sort of a contingency plan uh, so that, you know, next winter looks a little bit different, not as significant as a, as a shutdown and, and, and that kind of thing. And, and I think that planning uh, should start now. Uh, I know on, on the city side, I mean, you know, the, the city has done a, a lot, you know, just to try to accommodate, you know, all the, the, the local businesses, you know, who are dealing with issues, whether it's, you know, by uh, dispatching, uh, you know, CDBG money, uh, but, but also, um, you know, by extending like uh, things like outdoor dining, uh, you know, into the sidewalks and the streets, you know, uh, and, and waiving sometimes, uh, you know, fees and penalties, you know, for for folks just to kind of try to help them out, you know, to just kind of make it through. But man, these long shutdowns are are really, really difficult, you know, and, and there gets to be, you get to a point where, you know, the, the mental health of people gets affected, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you bringing up the uh, the outdoor dining. I, I think that's something that, you know, many, many businesses, as you know, have asked for that for years, wanted to do that. No, we can't do it. Here's the list of terribles. And, right. and then it happens. And everybody went, wow, this is really good. And, and this All works. Right. And, and I, I think we need to keep that for sure. You know, yeah. keep, keep that around. And that's something good coming out of, of COVID. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, I but, totally agree, actually, you know, when you think of, so think about um, even in higher education, Right. There's, there's always been, a, you know, a, 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 a kind of a, a resistance to online. Right. Most prefer brick and mortar, you know, kind of education. But but now, you know, COVID has shown that, oh, well, this can be done, you know. And even at the, you know, at the, you know, K through 12, you know, people have realized that, well, there's some things that we can do a little bit differently, you know? So I think COVID has forced yeah. that sort of, uh, you know, the change, the shift in, in thinking. And, and uh, we, we definitely, those are, uh, I, I think, you know, if there are any positives, those are some of the positives that we can take away from it and, and sure. be more flexible. Keep, keeping, though, uh, still stand on the local aspect of COVID here, though, a, a couple of pieces you brought up, the CBD uh, grant or the CBD grant, <laughs> I know, community it's, development it's block grants. I got the letters out, out of order there, something totally different. Uh, but but the, those grants, you know, uh, you're hearing calls from some candidates um, saying, hey, we need to do more to help individuals out instead of just businesses, uh, use another form of that for rent relief, you know, pr proposals like that. Mm -hmm. um, curious as to to 
where are your thoughts around that? And then, then have a second issue, more business focused, uh, mm-hmm. I want to address, but. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, I mean, I, you have to realize when you, when you're helping businesses stay afloat, you're also helping people, you know, who are, are part of, uh, you know, part of those businesses. So, you know, you, 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 you kind of, you know, is it always going to be perfect? No, but you, you try to find a, a middle ground of, of helping the individual, but also helping the, 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 the businesses. So, you know, and again, like, like I said, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. but, you know, it, it's, uh, we, we kind of have to show, show grace. I, I think everyone has done the, the, the best they could under very difficult circumstances. You have to think, I mean, people are working long hours staring at their computers and zoom meetings, you know, one after the other. Uh, and, and they're just doing the, the, the best they can with some of the, the resources uh, that we have. And, and you have to remember, too, that the, the city, um, the city also still has to function. You know, we still have to provide the services that the residents rely on us. And, and that was one of the, you know, one of the priorities for, for us is that we have to make sure that there is enough money to go around to be able to 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 provide those services that people want. You know. Yeah. Well, the, this the second piece that I wanted to ask you about specifically was um, some of the the use of the liquor commission for fines. You know, the Joe Station House, those sort of mm-hmm. sort of things. As as you know, uh, as mayor, you're serving liquor commissioner or you know it could be structured different ways possibly right but curious as to your your approach um with dealing with businesses like that would you favor or or would you do the same path mayor renner did with using Mm -hmm. fines using liquor commission or would you take a different approach you know i i would prefer not to Uh, you know, and, and I don't want to go back and, and get into hypothetical. So I, I'm going to think about it more positively and, and, and think about the fact that, okay, I, I think we're, you know, we're, we're moving in a, in a positive direction, you know, lower numbers, you know, more vaccines. So hopefully we're not going to have to, um, we wouldn't have to deal with that issue. You know, one, one thing that I, I, you know, I've been pondering, you know, and I, and I'd love to, uh, investigate that for the future. It, it's kind of it's it's it goes back to what I was saying about being uh, trying to be more proactive and, and think about what is next winter going to look like. You know, how do we avoid the next shutdown? Because I, I I do think, you know, when and you know I know Tyson is probably knows this from his time in in student conduct, but. Anytime you you put forth a policy and a rule, you know, you have to consider your ability to enforce it, you know? So, and if you're not able to enforce it, well, you know, what is the point of having it? So what I personally would have preferred, you know, hope I I don't make anybody upset, but (laughs) what what I would have, the the direction that I probably would have gone is to say, okay, it's probably it's going to be difficult for us to be able to enforce this. Um, and I would have looked to this, the, the state and the federal government maybe to provide more funding for those businesses like restaurants and bars who are more experiential, where people need to actually be in the place. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I would have looked for for that to to provide a, an incentive for for those businesses, you know, to to remain shut down. <laughs> You know, because if, if they have more money, then okay, then they can, yep, they can close. But when people are, are faced with having to to make uh, a decision between their livelihood and, and, and you know, staying open and, you know, it, it's a tough decision. I mean, you know, and, and because then you start to think about even their, their mental health as well. You know, it's like... I, I'm not going to make it next week. You know, I've, I've got my kids, I've got all these kinds of things. So all of those things are really things that kind of, you know, they, they break my heart. I mean, I, I think about that and I, and I, and I certainly, um, uh, I, I always want to be thoughtful. So to me, I, I think I, that's kind of the, the direction that I would go, because if you think about even the, the cost of enforcement versus the cost of providing that money, you know, uh, and I, you know, I, I mean, I, I know sometimes state finances can be a mystery, <laughs> uh, but um, or a challenge, I should say. Um, but I mean, maybe it would have been a better idea to to you know to 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 get more money to those businesses so that they they have that incentive to to remain closed for a while. You know. Um, speaking of money and funding things, I want to jump a little bit, but you brought it up as one of the main pillars of your platform, the, you know, infrastructure funding, of course, you know, anybody who runs for office here without talking about the roads, um, (laughs) that they're not, they're not hitting one of those sweet topics. So, um, and, uh, I, Again, hope this isn't a kind of a gotcha question, but it's not my intent if it is. In GLT, you had an interview and you talked about being happy that you funded the the yeah. streets, but then right afterwards saying you didn't want to have the gas tax. And so mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing where there's a little snippet and I'm like, those two things don't seem to mesh. It seems yeah. like you're saying, I want to fund it, but I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to give you a chance to kind of clear that up and tell yeah, what your thinking was. So. <laughs> You know, we, we, we want our cake and eat it too, right? Isn't that how we are? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I didn't think that represented your views. And after being on council for 10 years, I know that that wouldn't be how, how yeah. you'd really think yeah. of things. So, um, so kind of yeah. talk about what you'd like to see with infrastructure planning, how would it be funded, you know, kind of how, how are we going to dig ourselves out of this hole we've gotten into with the infrastructure debt we have? Yeah, well, for, for one thing, I would say, so let me, uh, so go back to that just to kind of explain. And I, and I think, and I don't know if you picked that up from the GLT article, but, you know, there was a follow up with the, the, the reporter um, with Ryan. And, and I just I explained what was going on uh, in my mind at the time uh, was because we, we had a, a, a number of competing things going on, you know, while the, the, the locomotive fuel tax was presented. Because the, the state was also considering an increase in the locomotive fuel tax. Uh, and, and I was also uh, thinking about the fact that uh, normal, what we were hearing, that they were unlikely to increase their locomotive fuel tax to the same level as we were. So my concern was, OK, what's that going to do to, you know, the owners of Bloomington gas stations knowing that, OK, you know, over here is four cents higher. And then, you know, in normal, you drive across to normal, it's, you know, four cents lower. 
Um, and and there was also, you know, I was also thinking about, you know, the the number of different fees, you know, that that we had. I think we're considering at the time. So that was the the general, you know, idea be behind that. Um, but I, I I do think in in general, um, you know, what I, I'd like to see happen, you know, is that we we're not going to dig ourselves out of this in one year because <laughs> it, it took us a while to get there because you, you have to remember, I, I do think, uh, you know, in, in the past, maybe what was overlooked was the fact that the city was growing. <laughs> we built, we built, we built, we built, we built, but we didn't really. Uh, and when I say we, I wasn't there. <laughs> Let's make that clear. <laughs> uh, but, you know, didn't really account for how are we going to maintain all these things that we're building, you know, right now. Um, so you, you kind of have to, you know, generally you should be able to set some money aside, you know, to say, all right, you know, as we're building this, we need to put some money aside here for the maintenance and the repair, you know, and that wasn't done. And all of that kind of accumulated, you know, for, for what? I mean, if you remember, I... I think I said, you know, in 2000, we were spending virtually nothing on street resurfacing, you know, and then here we are. Um, and so for, for so many years of not, you know, funding that, well, the, the street I gotten into a level of disrepair. So it's going to take us a while to do that. But I, I do think, uh, you know, budgets, you know, they're roadmaps, <laughs> right? So it, it's a roadmap. Uh, and you you try to find a you know you, you put in there the things that you think are important, uh, and I and I think you know depending on how you look at things you know you can always try to shift some things around and, and see where you can find additional money. One of the things that the city manager uh, has has done, uh, which I, I very much like, is that when he first came in, he said okay, he he looked at our you know. The, our budgetary trends for the last several years. You know, I can't remember the exact number. It might've been, you know, five to 10 years. And he said, okay, I think we can actually, um, we can actually budget a little tighter <laughs> than we had in the past instead of going through the same routine. Hey, last year, this is what we did. Because in some cases, you know, because he, one of the things he, he looked at is vacancy savings. You know, we, we, you can find a lot of staffing positions, you know, that, that are not filled because, well, somebody leaves the city. Well, they're gone for, you know, before you're able to replace them, it's another three or four months. Well, in those three or four months, you're not spending that money, you know, in that line. You know, and then we've had that, for example, in the case of the, the Bloomington Police Department, because, you know, they're never really at full strength because some people come in, some people leave and that, that kind of thing. Um, so so he, he, he did that. You know, you also get a, a lot of times some savings in terms of the things that you buy. You know, you, 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 you make your, your budget, your budget for a particular project, $3 million. Well, it comes in under, you know, at 1.7. Well, okay, 
then you have 300,000. But he looked at it not as a, you know, a one year hiccup, but, you know, as a trend where he could see, all right, I think we can move some things around here. And that's what, you know, that's what's allowed us this year, despite the fact that the local board of fuel tax uh, is coming in under what we had anticipated or what we're projecting for, for next year because of COVID and everything. But he's still able to add, you know, an extra million dollars so that we can spend $7 million on street resurfacing like we said we would. Okay. So I do think in the future, uh, there, there will be opportunities like that. And I, and I very much would like to see any time that we, we, we have uh, or able to uh, realize some savings. Well, let's put that into streets. <laughs> You know, let's put that into uh, facilities because that, yeah. that I think is the one thing that people are they're crying out for. You know, so. yeah, that's I, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, I've tried to bring up that topic on the planning commission when we've got new subdivisions, and yeah. I'm uh, I'm met with a lot of confusion by <laughs> developers of why. I'm asking like what the value of the streets, like what is the obligation that you're passing on to the city for maintaining these streets? They're very confused by this question. They don't calculate such a thing. Um, And I make meetings go really long by asking that. And so I have to apologize to my peers, but I, I think if we don't ask that, we're just setting, you know, future generations up for taking on things that they they can't pay for either. Right. Yeah. Somebody has to pay for that. So you, you, you know, um, even in terms of uh, some of our facilities, you know, I've been talking with the with the staff about that is to to really to move us to a position because in areas like uh, enterprise funds like uh, water, you know, sewer and 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 and, and others, uh, you you can set money aside because of those fees, you know, because they 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 have a, a way. You know, like the water department is is planning, you know, all kinds of work, and then this is big stuff, you know. So they they can't afford to to not have that, you know, that money set aside in reserve so that they can continue to uh, to do the work that they need to do. But on on the facility side, we don't have that very much, you know, even for the routine maintenance. So we're we're kind of we're always operating as a uh, you know, as you go, yeah, as yeah. you go, yeah, waiting for okay, yeah, we have some money here, okay, here's the budget edition, that kind of thing. And one of the things that I um, I've been mentioning to to the staff is that we we really should we should consider like a uh, you know and other places like ISU we call it a repair and reserve fund, you know, and then other places it's a sunk sunk sunken fund or something like that. Yeah, sinking fund, yeah, yeah, sinking fund. There you go. So. And and that's kind of what I, I'd like to do so that we, you know, we're not always in, in sort of a emergency mode, like, oh, my gosh, you know, we, we've got to do this, you know, uh, I, I I know, uh, and I and I take that from, uh, you know, from ISU, because I was in the housing office. And so they have a repair and reserve, you know, fund. And, and so every every year, it's okay, the projects are going on as scheduled. <laughs> You know, there's no, it, it's, it's, there's no guessing or anything like that and trying to figure stuff out. It's there. It's just a matter of, okay, here's the project, here's the design, here's the bidding, and there you go. And then people do it. So hopefully we kind of get to that, to that point. 
Well, Boca, appreciate your time tonight. Uh, it's it's getting kind of late, and I know you got family obligations and stuff, and an hour has flown past, and you probably didn't even feel like it. But just yeah. want to make sure that if uh, if listeners want to find out a little more information about you, learn learn about your issues, your story, or uh, donate, uh, volunteer for the campaign. How do they get a hold of you? What What's the best way to contact you? Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so they can just go on my website, and it's very easy, mocaformayor.com. And, and there they will find everything they need, even merchandise, actually. <laughs> Yeah. You know? so, so get your t-shirts yeah <laughs> and hey we we don't have just t-shirts you know because we have uh we have uh tote bags we have beanies we have um you know dog doggy shirts sweatshirts hoodies you know <laughs> i mean we're, we're all about it <laughs> okay and and then um then it, so then they can find your issues, find out all information or, yes. or uh, contact you if they'd like to learn more. Yes, at that point. Yes. And there's a way, basically there's a way to contact us through, through the website as well. Yeah. Perfect. Definitely. All right. Okay. Well, we, uh, we have to finish up by thanking our sponsor. It's a uh, little beaver brewery. Um, Boca, we, sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you, uh, have you ever tried any of their, drinks or stop by their place at all yeah yes i have yes i have yeah it's it's very good good um we've been doing so many ads if you have anything nice to say about it we'd appreciate a break (laughs) (laughs) tyson tyson loves their food we've we've talked about their food quite a bit yeah well i i i love i love the beers you know because i i i'm one um so being born in in the congo so we 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 tend to like Belgian beers, and so and I and I've had a few of theirs uh, that were very similar, uh, kind of a you know chocolatey caramel type flavor and and really thick. You know I, I do like that. You know it, those are those are my my favorite beers that I that I like. I I, I tend to like the thicker and, and not as light. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, the IPAs are a little bitter for me, so I, I, I mean, and it doesn't matter who who makes them. I, I just, you know, bitter beer is not something that. Yeah, I Yeah, they like. have the like. I think they call it Creek in huh? Belgium, right? Like the um, like strawberry or berry flavored oh, yeah, beers. Yeah, 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 goose, goose, yeah, Lambic. Goose, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those are really good too. Yep, they get those too. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, well, there you have it. If uh. It's. I've talked about how my dad felt like their German beer was very authentic. Yeah. Got, their Belgian beer is also very authentic. So All everyone right. should go check out and uh, celebrate the diversity of uh, over there at Little Beaver Brewery. <laughs> uh, maybe you could have one of your celebrations there. I'm sure they'd be happy to do that. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, uh, well good luck on April 6th. That's okay. the big day, right? Yep, it's the big day. <laughs> and early voting starts soon, right? March next 12. week. Yeah, next March 12th. Yeah. Don't and the me. voting for. It's at the BCPA, right? Yeah, BCPA, yeah. Okay. All right, March 12th. You can start to cast your vote if you've already made up your mind, or you can uh, wait for the day of on April 6th. uh, Thanks again for coming to talk to us. Yeah, that was awesome. Loved it. Thank you, sir. (laughs) You guys take it easy. Bye. All right, bye. Where were you in Europe? You said you you were in Europe? Uh, I was in the Netherlands. And right on the German border and then in Belgium, uh, 
in this in the French speaking part for two years. Oh, really? So. What city? Mons. Mons. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, awesome. Okay. Nice. Heard of it before? Yeah. It's um yeah, the yeah. NATO. There's a NATO base there. That shaped yeah. the NATO yeah. headquarters. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I, my sister's there now. <laughs> oh, she is. I feel. I feel terrible listening to this because I'm thinking, you know, I've I've lived on the north side of Bloomington Normal and the south side of Bloomington Normal and the middle of Bloomington. I mean, I've been everywhere in Bloomington Normal. So. Right. <laughs> I wish I could say something in French to you. I tried so hard to learn and I just never could get it. I, I spent two years trying to learn and I, I could I could never even order water yeah. successfully. They always acted like I had no idea what I was talking about. So yeah. Well, hey, yeah. so long as you knew how to order Belgian fries with uh, mayo. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm I miss the fr- I miss that uh, palm frites sauce so much. Oh, yeah. So good. yeah, they were good. You know, my I, so we went to Congo and I took my kids there, and because we were in Congo, so they they have you know fries with mayo, and that was the mm-hmm. first time they had them, and I thought for sure that they were gonna throw up because you know <laughs> they've only had you know fries with ketchup, and they're like, Dad, this is good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> It is good. I, it's probably not healthy, scene, but it's good. There's a scene in Pulp Fiction where he talks about going to Amsterdam. He's like, you know, they put on their fries. They put mayonnaise on there. I've seen them do it. They just drown them in it. And I, they do. They just drown them in it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I don't know well, how we get to, out of this one. 